This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast, the Minto Cup blew our minds and left us hungry for more and wondering what the future holds for Alberta lacrosse. The Edmonton Miners made history, but their bid for even more came one goal short, and Dane Doby is embarking on some history of his own. All that and more right here on OTCB. My name is Teddy Jenner, and welcome back for another year of National Lacrosse League Action. Matthews, quick stick. Are you kidding me? Why Dylan Ward? I don't believe what I just saw. That's the save of the year right there. Oh, wow. Blair right down the middle, shoots, and he scores! to another edition of the Off the Crossbar podcast. Only a couple more, and then we're going to take a break for a little while, rest our voices and our minds and our bodies as it kind of slows down after the NLL draft. He is Pat Gregoire. Find him on Twitter, at Pete Greggy. I am Teddy Jenner, at Teddy Jenner, the show, OTCB underscore podcast. You can find us on the Instas, at OTCB podcast. Patty, the Minto is over. Um, probably one of the best Mintos we've ever seen. But from somebody who was there in the booth for the majority of that tournament, what was the vibe like around that whole tournament the whole week long? The vibes were immaculate, Teddy. Uh, I think it was a, a mix of everything. One, I think everyone was just so happy that the Minto Cup was back. A lot of people were happy that the Minto Cup was back in Ontario, back at the CAA Center, the old Powerade Center. But the real vibe around the tournament was, I think every team can win here. We talked about it last week, the Shamrocks going 0-3. And when you look at that team on paper, you could argue that they were the most talented team or the best constructed team. They end up 0-3. We see the best showing from an Alberta team ever and they were just inches away from potentially winning their first Minto. You had Whitby, who had the electric offense of Haley and, and Patra, but it's the defense and the goaltending that was the biggest question mark heading into this season. That, that ended up stealing the show yeah. and ultimately clinching them in that finals. It just honestly, it was the most parody we've ever seen. It was the m- most competitive we've ever seen and I think it just kind of speaks to the landscape of lacrosse right now is that we have never seen this much parity at so many levels whether it's the NLL whether it's junior lacrosse whether it's senior lacrosse or minor lacrosse Mm -hmm. the game of lacrosse is growing but it's not just the big dogs 
that are continuing to grow and the centers that are continuing in the provinces. Everyone is growing. The game's growing. And it was all on display in Brampton. And I was so happy to be a, a small part of it. So Whitby wins game one. Edmonton wins game two in overtime, which was what the third overtime game that we had in the entire tournament. They force a game three. Everybody loves a game three, and it was exactly what we thought it would be. Whitby was up. Edmonton scored. Whitby was up. At, like, they literally traded goals that entire game until the third period when Budway scored that goal um, to kind of put them up. But then, again, Edmonton got back within one, and I asked Dane Dober this question, uh, as we'll hear from him later on in the show. But how nervous would you have been? If you were Dame in that position oh, with a penalty shot in game three of the Minto to tie it late. The, the There is no answer because I, <laughs> I, I would have been shaking. I would have been asking anyone else but me to take that shot. And the fact he pulls off that move, beats the goalie, but is unable to, you know, to, to, to beat the post. Yeah. Uh, it just, it, it was so heartbreaking and obviously super happy for Whitby. Uh, couldn't be more happy for for Sean Williams and that group. Um, but my heart broke for that team because they yeah. did come so close. And I mentioned this on the broadcast, but when they won that semifinal and beat the beach, it was like, yeah, just, just another game. We're just this yeah. is this was a team that truly believed they they deserved to be there. They deserved to compete, and they did, and they proved it. But I think this is just building the perfect storyline for next year, as we found out that the miners will be hosting mm -hmm. next year's Minto. And, oh man, I know we're a full calendar year away from it, but I already can't wait for this tournament, yeah. man. Uh, that is going to be absolutely phenomenal. The Minto is slowly starting to become a real Canadian championship at that junior A level. And who knows if some ways down the road, there's, you know, it's a full Canadian junior league. And we have teams from all across the country competing, much like the President's Cup. But I think wait, the way it is now, I think, is is the best version of the Minto Cup. Yeah. Ontario, BC, best of seven. Those were incredible. Some of the series that we saw before we added Alberta in the RML, uh, we had some incredible series. But now that you have a four-team Memorial Cup format round robin and anybody can win a game, anybody can lose a game, anybody can go deep, you get a hot goalie, you get a couple bounces, you get things going your way, and it just adds to the flavor of the whole tournament. And from game one, Shamrock's Beaches, all the way to game three, Miners, Warriors, an outstanding job by everybody and not just the teams, you know, Colin Grimes and her staff, Mark Grimes and his staff, everybody, um, you know, Matthew Carrick and, and all of his crew and, and yourself and Donnie and, you know, Shani and, and Bonesy were there for, for the finals. Like everybody stepped up and made an absolutely incredible product. And what I call 125,000 unique impressions for the Minto cup on social media. Like that is just ridiculous numbers. And it bodes well. And it's just a continued trajectory of the game of lacrosse right now from the NLL throughout the Canadian season. You know, the, the Minto was great. The Founders was great. The Prezies is great right now. The Man Cup next weekend. It is just 
on display right now. And it doesn't get any better. And it's only going to continue to get better from here on out because now Alberta and the world knows that they can compete. And I know there was a lot of people, oh, if, if you weren't watching back when Alberta won the Midget Nationals, you're not aware of the narrative. Like, we're aware of the narrative. But the narrative of competing at a high level in the Minto Cup has always been a little different. And Alberta and John Lintz's crew and the minor showed that they are now for real. And it's not just a two-province tournament anymore. It is a three-league tournament and is only going to get better each and every year. And with the minors hosting next year, they'll get two Alberta teams in. And who knows? This year we broke, you know, made history with the minors making the finals for the first time. Well, who knows? Maybe we have two Alberta teams in the finals next year. How, how upset would the apple cart be if that happened? That would be ultimate chaos that's something that i'm all in for take my ontario um <laughs> birth certificate away or whatever my, my whatever you want to call it my residency i don't care uh the lacrosse world would be an absolute shambles if it was two alberta teams but sign me up i i'd love the chaos and it'd be great for the game uh and even if it's a bc team and an alberta team or an ontario and alberta team or even an ontario or a bc team that's great too, but I have a hard time not hitching my wagon to this minors team next year. Yeah. Just the fact that they have so many guys returning, uh, they have the chip on their shoulder. It's on their home soil. It just, it seemed like this team was a team of destiny. They just fell short. Well, next year, they're not only a team of destiny. I think they could be one of the favorites for the tournament to win. Yeah. It's just going to be absolutely phenomenal. Um, Matthew Gauthier, the Miners, uh, is your points leader at the end of it all. 32 points, 9 goals, 23 assists. Adam Patra, 29 points. Brock Haley, 29 points. Jack Royer from the Miners and Jake Bowen, uh, 27 and 21 respectively. But the talent, it just continues to be there. And you said about the Miners, I think they only lose like five or six guys next year. And of those guys, I think a few of them were the guys that they called up. So this is going to be a team to be very aware of for a few years to go and down the road because John Lentz is doing an absolutely phenomenal job with that program. Um, and he's a guy that I could definitely see once he's done getting back into coaching in the NLL because he had a brief stint with Vancouver, um, but now he's back playing again. But I would say in a few more years, once he's done, he's definitely getting a look for a head coaching job. And if Evanson eventually gets a team, why wouldn't you start with Johnny Lentz? Oh, there's no doubt about that. He was such a, a treat to talk to uh, before the tournament. Uh, and even during the tournament, it was great. But you didn't get nearly as much out because he was all business. And he gave us a lot of praise uh, after games. But when it came to games, it was, you know, he he did what he needed to do um, to, to help the broadcast out. But he was just so focused and so dialed in that you just feel the intensity like radiating from that bench and from his staff and uh, kudos to them, man. They, they built a culture. Uh, the word culture always gets thrown around. So willy nilly, I feel like in this sport and all sports uh, for that, that fat Mac of the fat of the fact of the matter, but yeah, they had great talent. They had great athletes. Uh, they played great systems. But the thing that really blew me away was that it didn't matter what the score was. They yeah. continued to play the same ways. They were just so resilient. And that starts from the top and trickles down. 
we were kind of just talking about how you were kind of rallying behind Edmonton and I kind of felt the same way. And it kind of reminds me of whenever Canada and U.S. play, especially in the field lacrosse world where Canada is sort of the underdog and the U.S. are always the favorites. Like I noticed it watching the U21 worlds as well. There's a huge contingent of American fans slash Whitby fans. Everybody was pulling for Team Canada and everyone was kind of pulling for Edmonton. And I think that just kind of adds an air of competitiveness to it because now Whitby's like, oh, well, everyone's cheering against us. Now, you know, now we're the enemy. Let's try and raise our game. And Edmonton's thinking, oh, everyone's behind us. We're, we're the pro crowd. Let's try and raise our game. And it just, it led to an incredible, incredible experience. And again, hats off to everybody involved. It was an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal Minto Cup. One of the best, if not the best we've seen uh, in recent memory. So congratulations to Sean Williams and the Whippy Warriors, who are your Minto Cup champions. Um, junior A season is done. All that's left now is the seniors and their championships. And the President's Cup is going on right now, ironically, at the Bill Hunter Arena in Edmonton. Um, Wednesday, as we record this, is the last day of the round robin. Then we are on a collision course for Ladner and the Edmonton Miners, who will play the last game of the round and two teams that will be undefeated heading into that game. And boy, is that going to be an absolute dandy. And again, this this tournament, we, t- we talked about it uh, many times, just the, the format, the way it's such a grind, and uh, you get teams from literally all over the country uh, to come. But yeah, like you said, it like miners, pioneers, it seems like this is the collision course that we've been waiting for all year. And yeah, it's great to see, you know, Six Nations compete and Aquasosny looks like they have a great team. And would it surprise me if one of those teams end up in the finals? No, absolutely not. But when you look at the way these two teams are constructed, the Pioneers certainly maybe have a little more of a star-studded lineup, but the Miners have some and all talent on there as well. Mm-hmm. But the Miners are just that team that have been there before and they've – they know what the grind is all about. They know the style of lacrosse that takes to win a Prezi's. So uh, for me, man, like uh, I think that's obviously the two teams that you could easily say that are going to be there. But if another team poked their head in it and ch- shaked up those plans, it, it wouldn't shock me at all. But if you have a chance, um, please tune into these games because yeah. – um, the, these are these games, especially when you get into the end of the week, when you're actually yeah. now into, you know, must win territory. This is where just the intensity picks up even more. President's Cup is the website. You can go and find uh, ways to watch it there. Uh, Jake Elliott and our good buddy Janzer is there uh, doing all the play by play. So that is just um, again. I don't think much like the founders. I don't think the president's cup gets as much hype because not a lacrosse as I use air quotes. But when you go up and down some of those rosters of, you know, the miners, the pioneers, um, the Mounties, the muskies, like all these teams have NLL caliber players and even current NLLers on their team. So it's not, anything to shrug your shoulders at it is an incredible incredible lacrosse tournament and it is a grind we said last week 
with the with Nova Scotia stepping out, it probably meant that they wouldn't have to do two a days. Well, they're still doing that, which makes that tournament just as hard. It's like a minor tournament. You play an early game in the morning, then you play a late game at night. And at this level, it is a grind. And guys are using woodies, and your body takes a beating. And there's no rest for the wicked. And you got to earn everything that you get when you're playing for a President's Cup, which just makes that tournament even more enjoyable because of how much of a grind it is. It's not two or three teams or four teams. It's seven teams going every day for 10 days. The thing, and I maybe caught some flack for saying it uh, because there's, I know both these tournaments love saying like the hardest trophy to win in lacrosse. And yes, I guess the Minto Cup, you want to look at it because you only have that four or five year window to win it. So yes, it is technically harder to win. And I'm not trying to downplay because we saw the war of attrition that took um, Whitby and even the miners to get to there, how difficult it was. But when you look at just the actual tournament format itself, the absolute grind that these guys go through for the president's cup. Yeah. For me, I think tournament format, you look at it, that's the toughest one for me to win. When you take into consideration of the time frame that you mm-hmm. only have to win the Minto, yes, of course, I think that's the harder one to win uh, because of the window factor. But, man, regardless, both those tournaments, uh, it's a war of attrition. It is literally uh, a war of attrition. Yeah, Minto used to be best two teams in a best of seven. Now it's four teams in a round robin, but still only you know a rough five-year period for a player to win that. So that becomes sort of the timetable wise becomes one of the hardest to win. The president's cup is seven games over nine days or whatever it is. And like you said, it is a grind founders very much the same seven, eight teams. You're playing every day, sometimes twice a day. You don't get a rest, but again, a smaller window for some people, the man cup is the Holy grail to win. And some people get their, Five years out of their first seven, like yours truly. Some people, like our guest this week, Dane Doby, spend their entire career trying to get there. And he's finally done it. Dane Doby and the Langley Thunder are off to the Man Cup. And he and I go one-on-one this week right here on the Off the Crossbar podcast. They say that the Minto Cup is the hardest to win you only have about five years well Dane Doby's been in senior lacrosse for about 14 and this is his first ever shot at a man cup Daner can you believe it has taken you this long yeah <laughs> it's uh it's it's something that uh you know dawned upon me um probably uh, in our playoff run there when we we're getting going but uh you know I played on some really good teams but you know, in the, in the Coquillum days when I first started in the in the WLA, and we had some uh, powerhouses in New West, um, and then Victoria, and then Langley. So um, it was it was uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's it's tough to win out here, and um, you know, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to to get a chance at it this late in my career. Let's kind of backtrack a little bit. How's the summer been for you? You know, it's obviously been a busy one with free agency and. Everyone's going on in San Diego, and you got two young girls that are enjoying life. How's the summer been for you and the Dobie family? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been awesome uh, to be honest with you. It's been really busy, but uh, you know, I got to coach the Port Moody Mini Tikes uh, with my daughter first uh, first year playing lacrosse, so that was fun. And uh, you know, it's just uh, 
grinding away and, and playing some WLA lacrosse. And, and uh, you know, I got I got a lot of games in this year, which was uh, kind of a surprise, but uh, I stayed healthy. And, you know, it's uh, it's always fun going to the rink and, and my kids can come to most games. So it's uh, it's awesome being out there and uh, being able to still do what I love. Are, are you a, a mouse kind of coach yelling at mini tight kids or are you very calm and composed? I'm calm and composed. I had, uh, I had Curtis Manning coaching with me. His daughter was in there. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, the two of us and we just had a lot of fun with it. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, playing duck, duck, goose half the time, but, uh, the kids, uh, we had a lot of fun and, uh, hopefully, uh, I think a lot of the kids will be returning. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it was definitely uh, an eye opener, but, uh, we enjoyed every second of it. We've kind of talked about this before, but obviously, you know, once the career's done, is coaching something you want to do afterwards? Yeah, well, for sure, I want to be involved in lacrosse. Um, it's yeah. something that I love to do, and it's something that uh, it's it's a part of me, and I just uh, I'm just excited to give back and, and to be a part of organizations and teams. And uh, you know, I've I've coached uh, multiple levels already, and I just. Uh, this year I decided to play instead of coach. It's, it's very hard to do both. So, uh, I'm, I'm happy where I am. And when it's all said and done, I'd love to love to be coaching somewhere for sure. Uh, you coached that midget Alberta team back in 2017 that, that beat Ontario for the midget national championships and a good chunk of those kids were on that minors team at the Minto cup. How proud were you of that group of kids that you've known for quite a long time for their showing at the Minto cup? Yeah, extremely. You know, it's, uh, it was kind of, uh, I haven't been in touch with the Alberta lacrosse for quite some time since I've been back here. Um, but, uh, it brought back a lot of memories and, uh, you know, a lot of those kids uh, that, uh, were on that Edmonton team are, are, are true winners and they're, and they're competitors. And, and it definitely showed across the country, um, what they, what they can do. So, um, I, had, uh, that could have been, that was my, I'll say that was my best coaching memory um, for sure um, as of today. And I'm sure it will be for a long time. And um, those kids deserved every, every right to be where they were. And uh, I watched those games and they're phenomenal and their compete level. And, and Johnny Lynch did a great job with that team. And I was very happy to watch them uh, compete for that Minto cup and, you know, they, you know, a goal shy of a goal shy of winning it. So um i'm very proud of the those guys that i coached um i wouldn't say i had anything to do with it but uh <laughs> the only thing that uh, i could take away is that uh they are winners and, and they know how to compete and they know how to win uh how nervous would you have been if you were taking that penalty shot um as a as a junior kid for sure <laughs> i'm super nervous um as, as uh later on in my career i i I, I'm definitely nervous all the time, but uh, I would have probably been way more confident today than I would have been when I was uh, uh, third or fifth year junior, for sure. Yeah, of course. Uh, everyone talks about the offensive power of the Langley Thunder, but I think what goes under the radar a bit is Frank Chiliano and that defense. And Frankie's carried a lot of weight for you guys during this run. Uh, what's this unit capable capable of doing uh, in Peterborough? Yeah, you know, it's everybody talks about uh, our offense, and it's been the talk. And everybody talks about like four of the offensive players, and mm -hmm. the depth of the depth of Langley that the Buckets have put together is 
is definitely something special. And um, I don't think, and, and Frankie will probably speak of this if, if he had the opportunity to, but Frankie's uh, instilled confidence in that back end for sure. Um, but at the same time, these, these young kids have uh, found their way really quick and, and they're great lacrosse players and they're physical um, and they're strong and they're athletic. So um, our back end, uh, I know our offense and I know our team is very confident in and, uh, and I'm very excited to see, uh, see what they can do and, and, and we can prove. Um, I, know, I know all those guys, a lot of those kids have gotten uh, opportunities to sign NLL um, contracts in the last little bit, which is fantastic and they definitely deserve it. So um, I'm excited to get to Peterborough and uh, hopefully be able to show what uh, you know, this Langley team can do and uh, what, uh, what our young defense and, uh, and some of these up-and-coming, uh, I think, stars in the NLL or WLA can, uh, can prove. You've been around Frankie for, for quite some time. Um, how have you seen his maturation process since those early days in Calgary? Um, I think Frankie's matured um, very quickly in the past uh, two or three years, for sure. Um, I've seen a big difference on him... Um, not really getting all frustrated with himself. He can let in a goal. Um, you know, in the in the last game, I kind of laughed at him at the first intermission where he let in the first shot. Um, and <laughs> I know uh, I know that's something he prides himself on. And uh, when he the first shot, first goal, and uh, I was kind of laughing with him about it. And um, that's the difference between Frankie today and 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 Frankie uh, eight years ago or five years ago or whatever it was. But uh, yeah, he can brush stuff off, and, and he's a true professional. And and uh, you know when he's when he's on his game and he stays in his game, he's uh, he's very hard to beat. So um, we we have the confidence in him, and I know he's matured to uh, kind of a what's next process. And if a goal goes in, their teams are going to score goals. It doesn't really matter. He's just going to make the next one. So um, we're really uh, I'm really happy with how Frankie's matured into. Uh, an elite goalie. And I don't know if he gets recognized as an elite goalie um, as of right now, but uh, he, in my mind, he's, he's the top uh, echelon goalie in the, in the world right now. We mentioned that your offense is just absolutely loaded with talent. What's it like playing uh, in a five man unit an eight man unit with, with such great offensive minds? Yeah, it's uh, you know, Curtis and I have been together a long time um, for sure. So that's one thing. And uh you know, Churchy, we played with Churchy with the Team Canada team, and we know what Churchy's all about. And, you know, I, I had the privilege to play with Kinnear and Robinson and Langley the last uh, few years before, uh, you know, it's been off and on there. But mm-hmm. um, I just, once we start going and uh, it just falls into place and we just got to keep the ball hot and, and keep the ball moving. And, and then we have a lot of pieces down there with, with Scanlon and Moss and Vassin. Um, and playing playing solid minutes and scoring big goals for us. So uh, we just got to hold each other accountable, um, get to the ball to the guy that's hot at that time, and uh, hopefully it falls into place. But it's it's a lot of fun out there um, ripping around with those guys. And, uh, you know, t- it, it's hard to say, but it's just a, it's just a great time um, without, with, with those guys. And there's a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience out there. Uh, Roddy Jensen kind of runs the bench, but the story of Dave Pym doesn't get talked about enough. And he's another guy that you've been around quite some time. What makes him such a great lacrosse person? Sorry, Teddy, I lost you there. Did you repeat right. that? 
Yeah, uh, the story of Dave Pym doesn't get talked about enough. Um, what makes him such a great lacrosse mind? Yeah, like <laughs> I was with Pimmer. Pimmer would have been with me in 08, 09, 10, maybe 11 in Calgary. And uh, Edmonton guy, he helped build that uh, that Edmonton midget team or that uh, Team Alberta midget team with me. I brought him on to help do the um, – team picking and uh, at the tryouts and all that stuff. Um, he's someone that I can always bounce ideas off of. Um, he's a, he's a brilliant lacrosse mind. He does a lot, a lot of video, a lot, a lot of studying. Um, has he flown under the radar for sure? Um, but uh, I, I know the West guys love him. Um, and uh, he's just, uh, he, he can pick apart a game really well. Um, he could see what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, how to attack other defenses. Um, he's definitely a brilliant mind, and uh, we're definitely happy to have him. And uh, it's uh, it's been a really fun year with Dave this year. And he's quite the character too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's quite the guy, and he's and he's always good for a couple stories. And uh, you know, he's just uh, he's just someone that's a, a I call him a player's coach. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's always listening to the players and wants to get the players' opinions, and he definitely has his, but uh, we definitely can uh, – We hopefully uh, – I know he'll have Peterborough picked apart, and hopefully we can have a good game plan going in there. I found this kind of weird, um, it, and it might have only happened once the playoffs started, but through the regular season, anytime you guys played Maple Ridge, you were one-on-one with Kevin Reed, and he was right in your face. And then all of a sudden, playoffs start, and he's on your bench. Um, <laughs> a, how does that work? And B, what's that dynamic like? I think um, I hated playing against Kevin Reed. Man. <laughs> I hated playing against, and I don't know anybody in the WLA that that uh, that's played against him that says they enjoyed playing against him. But uh, I know as a teammate um, from the past guys that I that played with him, which would have been you know the Curtis Dixons and the and the Frankies of the world, spoke very highly of him. Um, I watched Reader. Um, coaching Langley um, with the junior B's when I had the junior A's, I believe. And then he had the junior A's this year with Adam Smith. And, you know, I got a lot of respect for him. Um, he does a lot of good things and he's a very, very intelligent lacrosse mind and, and he's able to get the players to play for him. So I think he is a future in coaching for sure. Um, he's very intelligent in understanding the game um, and he knows how to get the best out of each player. So um I think it's great. Um, when we played Victoria, they were more they were more upset and yelling at yelling at Reader than they were the game. So we, me and him were laughing about that. And uh, he's just uh, he's just someone that's on our bench that uh, you know can be a bit of a player's coach and uh, understand the players a bit better. And he he's been there, done that in the in the past little bit, and uh, he knows what it takes. Uh, he's been to a few man cups as well. So uh, I'm I'm we're grateful to have Kevin a part of our, our team on this late on this push. It's been 35 years since a uh, WLA team won in Ontario. Is something like this hard to get past when prepping for a championship? Um, if you want to think about it, it is, I guess yeah. um, I try not to dwell light on it at all, but that's, I believe it was the year I was born is 86 <laughs> the last time they won. So uh yeah, it, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely plays the cards against us for sure. If you look at the odds, but uh, if you 
you know, you can't tell any lacrosse player that they're going in there and they have zero percent chance. So um, we're excited, like I said, for the opportunity. We're not looking at that 35 year or 1986 or whatever it was. Um, we're looking at uh, what we have in 2022 and what they have in 2022. And hopefully we can uh, put the pieces together and we know it's not going to be easy um, for sure. We're going into a hostile environment for 10 days. And uh, but uh, there's nothing. uh I'm more excited for, I've never had this experience of doing it. I've heard a lot of stuff about it, but uh, I'm really excited to, to try and uh, play for a man cup here. Yeah, it is an incredible experience in that mem center. I had two man cups there and it's just outside the arena. They will be very nice to you. They'll treat you. They'll welcome you to the community. But as soon as you put that Jersey on, and as soon as the whistle blows, you are filling number one. Um, you reveled in that sort of role in your career how excited is that going to be for you to be the villain well yeah it's uh i guess just another day going into another <laughs> arena for me really to be honest with you i don't know why i'm hated so much but uh <laughs> it is what it is uh you know what i mean i maybe i brought that on early in my career um you know like going into victoria man it's very it's, yeah. You know, it's it's something I'm going to get yelled at. Going into New West, I'm going to get yelled at. Uh, going into other NLL arenas, it's, you know, it's... But at the same time, it's that's all just white noise. And, uh, and like you said before, is at the end of the day, those guys are just cheering to uh, cheer for their team and rip on an opponent. But at the end of the day, like you said, when you walk outside, uh, you know, everybody's... It's a lacrosse community, and everybody's usually not personal at that point. So... Um, I'm not really worried about it or concerned about it. If they want to throw stuff, if they want to say stuff, that's that's fine by me. But I'm just going to go there and try and play my game and uh, and try and be the best I can for 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 my team. Uh, what would it mean to you to finally, finally, get a man cup win? Oh, yeah, like that's why <laughs> that's why we play. I think I had a, an interview the other day about like how how much does a man cup mean anymore and. Uh, like I grew up watching Man Cups. My grandfather won a Man Cup in uh, in Victoria. Like I have his uh, Man Cup ring, and uh, that stuff means the world to me. So uh, I think uh, the Man Cup is still alive. It hasn't gone anywhere, and it's still one of the most prestigious trophies to win in all of lacrosse. And uh, there's nothing more that I would like to go and uh, try and have the opportunity and uh, try and put together a, a really good run here to try and bring one back to BC couple more here for you um obviously you're gonna get a couple months off after all this to rest the body and, and get ready for the nll um but the big news for the seals kevin crowley curtis dixon coming down how much of a role did you play in kind of convincing those guys that san diego was the place to be yeah i gave them my opinions i gave them my honest opinions um you know i think uh you know, Patty Merrill does a fantastic, Patty and Steve um, do a fantastic job of GMing that team. So um, they knew they were available. And, uh, you know, San Diego's a beautiful place to play for sure. It's, you know, you go down, you leave in Vancouver in the rain and, you, and you're putting shorts on before you head down. So, um, yeah, like they built a team there to win. And uh, I think winning at all costs right now is the only thing that matters. And uh, I think Kevin and Curtis, um, both are under that impression that uh, they want to win lacrosse. Uh, they want to win the NLL. So um, saying that, um, I go way back with Curtis. Um, so did that have a factor? Maybe. Um, but at the end of the day, I think he made the decision. Um, 
for him to come to San Diego based on that team, based on how Patty and Steve were talking to him. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't be happier that we're back together and, and Crawley's a piece of it too. So I'm really looking forward to uh, getting down there when time comes and, and uh, seeing what we can piece together. Uh, much like the Thunder, the Seals have a wealth of talent. But people are already saying maybe one of the best in the NLL, but they're saying only one ball. Um, how do you work everything with those types of talent to keep everybody happy? Yeah, you know what? They, that, that's been a – I'm not worried about it. I'll be straight up. I'm not worried about it. Not one of those players cares if they go out and get six that game or or go 0-5. We'll let the ball do the work, and Josh uh, Shooter does a fantastic job with the offense and making sure everybody's accountable on on how we're playing. And um, I don't think we have a selfish player in that dressing room, so it, it is what it is. And uh, I like like you said, we got a lot of pressure on us down there, so we got to we got to perform. And uh, like I said, we got to win games. So it, you don't just get handed games in in any level. So you have to you have to outwork and outperform. Uh, that other team, it doesn't matter the talent. So the talent speaks for one thing, but it's it's uh, how you put it together and uh, how you compete um, is is the main goal there. So we're uh, we're excited, but I don't think that uh, I don't I'm not really worried about that one ball um, scenario with all those guys. September 9th, things get going in Peterborough. Uh, Dane, pre-here time is always man, just such a treat chatting with you. Congratulations on finally getting there. Now let's see if we can get get you that championship congratulations my man best luck appreciate your time thanks teddy appreciate it buddy. all right there's dane doby and pat i know you were busy so we had to step aside for that interview uh with dane and i but it's crazy to think been to a minto been to a founders i'm not sure if he's played for president's cup but he's played on the national scale scene for team canada but now after 14 years in senior lacrosse he just seemed like dumbfounded almost when, you know, you ask him that question, he has to think, man, it's been that long. He's running some hot teams whenever he's been playing, you know, he was with Coquitlam at the start of his year. He ran into us as the Shamrocks and new West and Lang when they're making their runs. Um, and he's been so close. now he finally gets there. It would just mean so much to him if he got that. And I know the thunder are going to be in real tough going to Peterborough. But as many people say, maybe this is the year. We're seeing a year of history being made in the world of lacrosse. And maybe it's the year for the first time since 86, the year he was born, for a Western team to win on Eastern soil. It's, I mean, both those facts just blow your mind immediately. The fact that it's been that long since a team has won, you know, in Ontario, but also the fact it was the year he was like the year he was born, like yeah, that is absolute madness. But also at the same time, how the hell has Dane Doby not been? You know, and out? I was like, just thinking about this, but you know why? It's because for the most part, a he was on a team that was competing, and so they were never going to trade him. But B, unlike Ontario, BC never really sold guys at the deadline. There was no rental, and you saw that a lot in Ontario. Over the last decade or so, you saw teams that, you know, were making a push. Other teams were struggling at the bottom and they just shipped both Dawson's and Corbeil and Rubish at the deadline to try and make a push and gain some draft picks. We, we never did that out West. 
Right. And so there was never an opportunity when Dolby was on, you know, a, a less than competitive Coquitlam team for them to say, okay, hey, we'll send him to New West. He'll go on your man run. But you give us back to him at the end of the year. It should never happen. So it is tough to fathom that he's never gotten there and he never got traded at a deadline, but that's just the way the West works. Um, I'm sure if he was playing out East back home, he probably would have been moved around a few times at a deadline or two, but you know, I'm super happy for him and he's, you can see the determination when he is and watching some of those games, the W finals against Nanaimo every time he just looked unstoppable. And for a guy that's not big, he's not imposing. You would think, how does this guy, how is he so successful? But he just understands how to use his body and how to use his stick and how goalies react and how defenders react. And he's just so good at finding those little lanes and those little shooting angles that make him so successful. And Jake Elliott said it, I think it was during game five. He said, you have to start putting Dane Doby in the conversation with the greats, with everything that he's accomplished over his career. I think adding a man cup to that would go a long way. I don't think he's not as great without it, but much like Dan Marino in the NFL, Never won a cup or never won a Super Bowl, and it's always kind of been lauded over him. And maybe that's something that gets hang hung over Dane Doby's head, you know, well after his career's over. But you do have to start putting him up there with the greats because of what he does year in and year out. Man, uh, how do you not put his name up with all the greats? Just look what he's been able to accomplish, and, and if he's able to do the unthinkable, the quote unquote unthinkable, go into Ontario, go into Peterborough and win a man cup with Langley this year. Like, how do you not put his name up there? He's, he's won an NLL championship. He's won an MVP. Look at the numbers that, that he's put up over his career. Like he's, in the top 10 of goals, he's going to eventually crack his way into that points top 10. Mm -hmm. He's going to continue to be playing. And here's the thing, Teddy, he might win a second NLL cup this year with San Diego. And then now you really have no choice to, but start putting him up with the names of the greats. And he is a player that just, you can never say like, Oh, this is his, his last, this is it. This is, he's starting to slow. Like there's no signs of him slowing down. Sure. He last year, he had maybe what a three, four week spurt where it looked like he was banged up and he wasn't himself. But then as soon as that was over, he was back to himself being a wrecking ball and look what he's done in the playoffs. Like, and that's a big thing for me. Uh, You can say whatever you want about the regular season accolades, um, but for me, when you talk about legacies, it's not only the championships uh, that are important, but it's about taking your game to the next level on the big stages. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what this guy does. And I imagine he's going to be public enemy number one in Peterborough. He's going to play mm-hmm. that villain role. He's going to score some big goals. And the great thing about this for Langley is you can't just key on on him because look yeah. at all the other superstars they have here. And I think this, since I can remember in a long time, this is a team that has the best chance to beat a team in Ontario in a very long time. And we'll talk about the cool bet odds a little bit later. But I think if this tournament 
or this this series was being played in Langley right now, I think Langley is the favorite to win this thing. Yeah, I agree. I I, I can get down with that. Um, it was funny when when asked when we asked him about you know playing the villain role, he's like I, he joked and says I don't know what it is. Every time I play, people hate me. Well, because <laughs> you're good. He <laughs> scores big goals. He he antagonizes. He pokes. He prods. He does all those things that just make you so angry. Um, but like you said, it's it's a team game, and that offense with him, Dixon, Scanlon, uh, Kinnear, Church is now healthy again. Um, that that's just a, a gritty, grindy, hardworking team, and, and they got a pretty good defense, and they got a pretty goalie, pretty good goalie in Frank Shiliano, but. It'll always be the question with Frank. Can he finish a season strong? And they have all the faith in the world in him that they can. Uh, They'll be leaving next week for Peterborough. They'll be treated like kings when they arrive. uh, And then they will be treated like mortal enemies anytime a game starts. (laughs) So uh, it's the Thunder and the Lakers starting next week in Peterborough. But we can't slight this Peterborough squad. This is an NLL star-studded team go up and down this roster there's maybe one guy blake gibson mcdonald the only guy on their team that isn't an nll player right now and And that is going to be a tough hill to climb not only are you playing on the road not only are you in hostile territory staying in a hotel unfamiliar with surrounding you are going up against joey rez hogarth katoni vitarelli matthew sean evans take katoni out the front door on the backside, you got Tutton, Lord, Dawson, Thornburg, Bryce Sweeting, Robert Hope. Like, good luck. Because, you know, when you watch WLA games, and obviously I watch more than most, the competitiveness in the WLA is fantastic. But the star-studdedness and the size and the skill of the top two Eastern teams of Six Nations and Peterborough are unmatched. And it is going to be a tough task. I have all the faith in the world in Roddy Jensen and Dave Pym and Kevin Reed and that coaching staff to make sure that they're ready. And they will be. But it is a tough mountain to climb. And it's going to be a very tough battle for them. They're going to have to have perfect game after perfect game and get some bounces if they're going to find a few W's. And hopefully for them and all Western fans, four W's. And the crazy thing is, Matt Vince has hardly even been playing. It's been Doug Bucket. Bucket was the MVP of, of yeah. the Ontario final. Like that, that is insane. I think he was, I think he was, he, he was ended up like an, a nine, nine, five six, two goals against and a there you go. four, four save percentage. Like he was solid, man. And I think that was a big thing. A lot of people pointed to it's like, well, if Bucking's going to be the guy and Vince, but for whatever reason, you know, we didn't see Vino, um, you know, in the cage that much at all. But there, a lot of people were like, oh, man, like, but this is clearly where Six Nation has the edge. And they should have with, you know, Hill and Jameson. Yeah. But Bucking was was unbelievable. He stood on his head. And and this probably is one of, and it's insane to say because you just went through the roster. <laughs> This is probably not one of the most stacked Lakers teams we've seen in a while, but it's still an unbelievable team. 
It's yeah. still oh. so good. Yeah. Uh, Sean Evans right? still has <laughs> so a lot. Of, like, like he's, I, I know he didn't play the full playoffs because he had a couple of commitments with his coaching. Um, some at the, I think it was the E-Box, the European Box yeah. Championship. Yeah. And then I forget what the other one was, but he was coaching another team. Um, still had 21 points in six games. Like this is a guy, if you thought like, after what you saw with him last year and, and not really meshing with Halifax and kind of having a, a, a really bad end to his year. If you thought that was the signs of his game slowing down, you're, you're wrong. Um, yeah. Especially in the summer, especially when he's got that Lakers jersey. Like this is what this guy was born mm-hmm. and put on the world to score big goals um, in the Memorial center to piss the opponents off. And you know, that's exactly what he's going to do. But uh, I'm looking forward to this series, man. Like, uh, I really, 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 really think this one's going to go deep. I, I do. I, th- I think this is going to go the long haul. It all starts next Friday from the Peterborough Memorial Center. Uh, it will be streamed, I'm sure, somehow, some way. Um, I don't think we've found that out yet. But, no, um, no, I, I do know. I do know There, there's nothing official. I do know that they obviously will have – your TV up in Peterborough. Um, And unfortunately with your TV, um, there isn't that streaming option that we were getting with Rogers. Rogers was able to stream. So if six stations won, I think we were going to, you know, be able to have this, the the Rogers stream. Unfortunately, um, that's not the case with your TV. But with that being said, I do know they are working on something to have the man cup stream. So everyone across Canada, and of course, in the states and across the world, uh, can watch this because that would be a, a crying shame if there was no streaming options. Patty with the teases, and we teased it a bit last week. There are odds for the Man Cup between the Lakers and Thunder. Another round of box bets coming right at you. Time now for box bets, your source for all the lines, odds, and props from across the world of lacrosse. Brought to you by CoolBet.com. Stay cool. Responsibly. <laughs> hey, we're having a good day, lads. And uh, we're still in the mix, baby. <laughs> All right, Patty. We, uh, we've had a week off. We didn't do anything last week because there was no PLL games. We kind of teased the Man Cup odds. But now we're going to start laying some bets. Let's try and pick a word for the man, somebody other than the snakes in the PLL. All right, so you said it. Let's keep it simple, man. Let's get creative here. So for our parlay this week, and you're gonna—I know this is a future bet, and the you know the man doesn't start until next week, but PLO playoff starts this weekend, this Sunday. So you have a couple of days to to decide if you want to ride with us. But I've already made the decision. You're riding with us. So here's what we're going to do: we're taking the Langley Thunder to win the man cup we are also going to take the field as teddy said we can do this it's our special we can do whatever the heck we want we're taking the field versus the snakes so it does not matter anyone besides the snakes archers chrome atlas chaos redwoods or water dogs any of those teams to win the what is it the 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 cash app pll trophy yeah. If they one of those teams win, 
if one of sorry not one of if the langley thunder win yeah you're winning your bet and we're giving it to you guys at plus 330 you're getting the field against the snakes plus the the thunder who are plus 120 yeah. parlay that together plus 330 that is an absolute steal love it because the whips are due to lose again they got this week off because they got a first round by but it's chrome chaos archers redwoods atlas water dogs so the whips will be rested but as dan arresti said last week maybe that rest isn't isn't a good thing he likes teams that are that are playing lacrosse that are in the grind and maybe that week off will be a hint for the whip snakes. So, uh, I think that's a good bet. Plus 330 is a good number to get for Thunder to win and the field against the whip snakes in the PLL. And of course, you can go to coolbet.com and find the lacrosse tab, bet with us, find our parlay, bet with us. But we also got to make sure they register and bet with us, Pat. Yes, of course. So, what you want to do is when you bet with us here at CoolBet and you, you open up your account, just make sure that you use code OTCB just so we know where you're coming from, okay? That's all we'll say. Use that code OTCB. You won't regret it. Plus, it also lets the folks at CoolBet know that the OTCB listeners are listening and they're becoming cool betters. Let's just say that. How about that, Teddy? I love it. Do it. Say it. But I did want to – the people in the back. So, when you sign up, just make sure the folks, there will be a little code you'll see there, O-T-C-B. That's all. That's get all on we'll the fun. Get on, get on the fun. And the thing is, okay, cool. You see, oh, uh, Senior A Futures to win the Man Cup. Don't worry. There's more coming. We're going to have game odds. We're going to have player props. We're going to have series props. These are all coming. They might. Some of these might actually be dropped by the time you're even listening to this Ooh. podcast. Um, but as the weekend approaches, as next week approaches, you're going to see a lot more. So pretty much just think of what the offering is for the NLL season for every single game. Almost going to be the exact same. And I, I, I mentioned this on Twitter. I know Jake and Evan talked about it on their show. We have seen more outright bets on the Peterborough Lakers than any PLL team wow. this year. And the the odds have not even been out for a full week. People are hungry to bet on <laughs> summer ball, and people are just excited to bet on box across, man. And and we've got great action uh, at Cool Bet for the PLL this year. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but people, especially the folks up in Peterborough. So hey, that's a challenge to you guys out west in BC, especially in Langley. Don't let the Peterborough bullies push you around. <laughs> Show your support. You're getting them at plus money right now. Yeah. I mean, look at your team. I think what's happening, Pat, is us Westerners are letting the Lakers fans flood the line and boost the number. There you go. I like it. We're going to dive in on it late and try to get the best number we can. Absolutely. Well, speaking of that, right now, the Peterborough Lakers minus 145, the Langley Thunder at plus 120 so we've seen a ton a ton of movement on that lakers line uh, obviously has the heavy favorite and langley just keeps getting bigger and bigger but i i don't know i don't know if too many more people are going to lay the juice at minus 145 so 
if you're thinking about bet, betting Langley, I think the time is now because I just see so much value on, on that yeah. team with that much skill. Uh, I know it's the, the, the big, bad boogeyman, uh, the curse that these teams from out West can't win in Ontario, but if any team's going to be able to do it, I think it's this Thunder team. And don't forget, you don't have to just bet on lacrosse to ride with us on OTCB. You can find any sport you want, lay some juice, have some fun. But as always, stay cool. Bet responsibly. All right. Uh, some NLL transaction news. Uh, coming out Wednesday, some big news as Panther City gave an offer sheet to RFA Kyle Killen of the Vancouver Warriors. Um, and it sounds like nothing official but it sounds like Vancouver is going to match the offer. So as of now, Kyle Killen will be staying from the Vancouver world. That's good for the Warrior fans. Um, were, you, were you surprised that Panther City gave a, put a run at him? No, I mean, I, I heard rumblings that, you know, Kyle Killen has kind of always been open to the, the idea of, of playing for Panther City. Mm-hmm. Um this was also when immediately when the team came out and he didn't have that incredible year last year. I'm sure yeah. his mind changed after he, he, he absolutely lit it up, but it doesn't necessarily surprise me. Um, but with that being said, um, this offer sheet thing is kind of, <laughs> this is what the second time now that we've seen mm-hmm. uh, Vancouver, potentially be be uh worked out of a a great prospect with a an offer sheet so for me you know what um why not i'd love to see more of this it's drama it it, it forces uh teams to have to pay guys that should be getting paid so why not we don't see it in the nhl as much um and i think it's all all about the code and the unwritten rules but when you see it it is awesome and it's chaos Mm -hmm. so that's why i like seeing it but uh for me, though, it's I don't think we'll see more of it, but I mean, we can wish because I think it makes things more interesting. Uh, the Warriors also signed Ryan Martell, Keegan Ball, and Eric Moss to one year deals. The Rocket, Josh Jubinville, Josh Jubinville, Phil Mazuka, and Tom Schreiber to three year deals. Holding Garland to the rush, Mike Burke one year with Rochester. Uh, Panther City gets James Whiteford, Cameron Grenier, Josh Medeiros, Pat Foley to two-year deal. Scott Dominey back in New York for two years. Uh, Wardle signs a one-year deal in Colorado. Josh Sullivan gets two. Kyle Buchanan, one year in Buffalo. Greg Harnett yeah. signs a one-year deal with the Buffalo. So Giggy Nets could be making a return to the NLL. And for a band, it's team that prides themselves on defense. Greg Harnett is a lovely little addition. Uh, Brett Noseworthy, two years in New York. Corey Becker, one year with your Thunderbirds. Brett Hickey signing in Calgary. That's a nice signing for the Roughnecks if he can find his stroke. The, I don't know if you mentioned this one yet, but this is one that kind of jumped out to me. Is I got to pull up my transactions now here <laughs> because um, where is it? Oh, of course you saw saw this. I mean, why wouldn't you have? But San Diego signing Owen Russell. I love yeah, that baby. signing. And I know he's your guy. I know he's a good Vic boy. Um, this was the first time that I was able to see him up close and personal. Mm-hmm. And with all due respect, I'm going to say this. And, and do not take this as a slight Owen Russell and, and or anyone listening, he is a prick. He is an absolute <laughs> yes. 
prick. But that's a good thing. In his a defender. Good thing. He's a little bit of an old school style of, of defender. Like yeah. he threw like three or four hits that like audibly you could hear me like go, oh, yes. like yeah. gasp. And like he but like he lined a lot of dudes up. Uh, he plays great one on one D. Like it seemed like um you know the shamrocks were totally fine with him going up one-on-one uh against the other team's top players and he did great at it i i just i really really was excited to see him um i know things didn't work out well with him in georgia uh, but now he goes to a team on the west coast where i think maybe works better for for him and for the team but also goes to a, a system where i think he's gonna fit in perfect like that seals defense obviously with the exception of Brody like they don't really have any superstars but they also don't have any bums like they're like everyone is just solid and they buy into that system and they just play great defense um no other major signings again you go to nll.com slash news slash transactions to see everything that we're reading off to you but the big news of the week panther city trade randy stotts to the Halifax Thunderbirds in exchange for the ninth overall pick this year, uh, a second round pick in 2025 and the rights to Jackson Reed. Now I know there was some talk when Randy was with Georgia in that holdout year that maybe he would end up in Halifax. He ends up going to Panther city, never plays, but now he is a Halifax Thunderbird. How excited are you, Patrick? I am a, unbiased uh journalist uh, and right. i don't but with that being said <laughs> i cannot wait to watch randy stats in the nest man like that is going to be so much fun in that offense and i know well they already have so many right who cares if you have a chance to add randy stats to your lineup you take him you make that trade and then you worry about the moves after yeah um when healthy he is one of the best players on the planet. He is from an offensive standpoint. He's creative. He's got an unbelievable shot. He's so, so smart. Uh, he's tough as nails. He'll take it to the rack. Like this guy on this offense, like Clark Peterson's stock just went through the roof. Like yeah. him running a two man game with him. And, and, and I know you have Bushy Shanks, Dachi, uh, like someone's obviously going to have to go and that sucks that Halifax is going to have to part ways with one or maybe even two of those righties but again you, you have to you have to acquire this guy if there's an opportunity and especially for the asking price like I get it maybe he didn't want to be there and he was saying he wasn't going to play there but for a first rounder, a second rounder in a couple of years and Jackson Reed, who I think could be a fine player at some point kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of a, a, not necessarily the way he plays, but like how we saw um, Kyle Jackson, where we didn't really see a ton of him playing box across for a long time, um, but we saw him in the field game and then he comes into the NL and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is the, the upside that we were talking about. I right. think that's maybe how we were going to see him in Halifax, but obviously you know, Kurt Styers has no problem parting ways with him. Um, and this is a, a deal that you just absolutely had to make if you're Halifax. And I know Cody Jamison is also sorts of fired up to play with his yeah. buddy. 
Uh, Randy puts up 14 points, uh, 20 points in six games in the playoffs for the Chiefs. So uh, he's healthy. He's playing again. Um, he's getting back into the swing of things. So that's a huge pickup for the Thunderbirds. But for Panther City, they get themselves uh, another first round pick, uh, which is huge for them. Yep. Um, because they need bodies. We, we know that. They, they need bodies. And the more first round picks they can acquire, the better for them. Um, you know, we had all kind of dreamt about the idea of Donville and Stotts and yeah. Dodsey all playing together. Well, that was short lived, mm-hmm. um, but we still get to see Donnie and Dodsey go together. But uh, Randy Stotts now out of Panther City and a member of the Halifax Thunderbirds. Again, NLL.com slash news slash transactions is where you can go for all of the updated news in the NLL. Uh, news from the NLL this week is tsn.ca will be carrying the NLL draft first round live. It'll be Devin Caney, Patrick Gregoire, Ashley Docking, and myself on the broadcast. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, in years past, they, they've shown every round and all that. Well, remember, <laughs> this year, the first round has 23 picks. Mm-hmm. And each team gets five minutes to make those picks, plus a three-minute timeout if they want it. So that first round is probably going to take a couple hours. Yeah. And as we move along in that draft, we're just going to go on and on and on. So we're only doing the first round live on TSN.ca and ESPN+. Plus. Everything else will be done on social and on the NLL website. So don't worry. The other picks will be there. But it's only the first round that's going to be streamed. But the first round, the top five, Roch, Las Vegas, Vancouver, New York, Panther City. There's going to be some big names taken in that first five. And it's going to shake up the rest of the draft, how it goes. Yeah. And I want to go back to what you were saying. I see a lot like people are saying like the most ex- extensive coverage. There's only one round. Well, yeah. what it's saying, what they're saying is. For the first time, uh, this is going to be streamed on TSN.ca and TSN Direct and ESPN+. Plus. Right. The amount of people that are going to have this draft at their fingertips, that is what they're talking about, the extent of coverage. Yes. Not the fact that, you know, all six rounds are going to be on. And, and, and here's the thing. Keep in mind, the NHL, the NFL, um, these – leagues they only do they only do one round like the first round is is one night and then the rest of the the rounds are throughout the weekend or other days so uh, unless you want the like the like how are is the nl going to be able to convince espn or tsn to have what five and a half hours of coverage like it's just not going to happen the, no. the NHL doesn't even do it. The NFL doesn't even do it. So yeah. unless we get to a point where the NLL will uh, have a weekend where, you know, one day it's round one and it's live on TSN and ESPN and then two, three, four, fives, and six is the next day. And then maybe they stream those ones. I don't know. It's just that is not where we're at with the game of yeah. lacrosse. We should be all sorts of fired up that the first round is on TSN and ESPN plus that is massive for the game. That's also massive for these prospects that are going to be hearing their name called in the first round. Yeah. And just remember folks, the PLL pre-recorded their draft. So 
They didn't even do <laughs> and, it live. And so, I think it was 30 minutes tops. Yeah. So yeah. Let's there was let's, only seven teams in that league, but still, still 23 picks over the first round. It's gonna go a couple hours. There's gonna be tons of coverage. We're gonna break down every pick, break down every player. Uh, and next week we'll go even deeper into the draft, give you some ideas of who's going to go where, who we think is going to go where, um, and we'll break the draft down even further. And who knows, between now and next Saturday when the draft happens at the historic Carlew Theater, this first round order could change. Yep. Rochester, Vegas, Vancouver, New York, Panther City, your top five. Sask, Georgia, Albany, Halifax, Calgary round out the top ten. Philadelphia will have the last pick at number 23 in the first round. And there will be some movement and there will be some guys traded. There'll be some picks traded and it's all going to go down on TSN.ca and direct and ESPN plus. What's the rest of your week looking like, buddy? (laughs) A lot of that, a lot of draft prep. Uh, I was just going to say, obviously you and I are going to be, and uh, Hey, first off, Super, super jacked up and honored uh, to be on the broadcast uh, alongside you, Devin and Ashley. Um, but I know we're also going to be working hard for for our prep there, but also uh, the flash. Uh, we've yep. already got our forwards prospects out. The defense is going to roll out within the next couple of days. Obviously, the goaltender shortly after that. And then our sleepers, which is always one of my favorite things to kind of take a deep dive and I think this year might get a little more interesting when it comes to some of these sleepers. I think we're going to see a lot more U.S. box kids taken. I think we're going to see a lot more American elite talent that maybe haven't played box lacrosse taken as well. And I think we're going to see a lot more Alberta kids taken earlier than we normally see. And that is awesome. That is awesome to see. That is where hashtag grow the game is more than just a stinking hashtag. Uh, So again, next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern time from the Carlew theater on TSN.ca, TSN direct and ESPN plus they are selling tickets for that. So uh, you can find tickets online at NLL.com. Uh, go to NLLshop.com or fanatics.ca and get yourself a team T-shirt or sweatshirt so you can rep your club in attendance at that draft. Bring signs, make noise, have a lot of fun. It is going to be an incredible experience, not just for us on the draft broadcast crew, but for all players that get drafted into the NLL. Anything else? Anything, any other things tickling your brain? No, I'm. I'll, I'll just. I'll be fully, fully honest. I, I'm absolutely. No, I, I'm. I'm fired up. I can't wait. Like you said, we have. We have time to be t- like tired and 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 re-energized. Like this is this is peak lacrosse right now. We've got the, all yeah. the championships rolling through. We've got draft coming up. We have time to be be tired and and, and have our rest. What I am and that rest will come in a couple of weeks. Again, we got the show this week. Next week, we'll recap the President's Cup, set you up with the Man Cup, someone from Peterborough, and talk more about the draft. The week after that, we will recap the draft, and then we will take a bit of a break. We will put out a show if anything breaking happens or anything major goes down. But for the most part, we're going to take the rest of September and, and much of October off before we get into camps, and then we'll ramp it up. Uh, leading up to December, and you can probably expect 
uh, season to start, start of December, early December. Schedule will come out in a few weeks. Might even announce something during the draft. But from now, for a couple more weeks, we'll be in your ears. Then we'll take a break, and we'll get back into it as the NLL season ramps up. Thanks to Dane Doby for stopping by and giving us some time. Uh, he and the Lakers will head east to Peterborough to take on the late, or he and the Thunder what East take on the Lakers of Peterborough and the Man Cup. Again, President's Cup still going on in Edmonton, an incredible game on Wednesday night, and then the playoffs and the uh, elimination games will start over the weekend, so make sure you check those out with Cody Jansen and Jake Elliott. He is Pat Gregoire. Find him on Twitter, at Pete Greggy. The show is at OTCB underscore podcast. I'm there, at Teddy Jenner, and we're also on the Instas at OTCB podcast. Enjoy the games this week. If you go, take a friend. If you take a friend, take two and buy him a beer. It's hot and those crossing beers go empty and hand. We speak and stay safe and be excellent 